Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through His Word, and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. I love this story from Revelation. So Revelation chapter 12, uh, we'll read the whole chapter. And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his head seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she has a place prepared by God, in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But the woman was given the two wings of a, the great eagle so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished for a time, times, and half a time. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with a flood. But the earth came to the help of the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured from his mouth. Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word, even when it is hard to understand, even when we hear strange things in it, even when we hear perhaps frightening things in it. But we pray now that as we spend some time reflecting on your word, that you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit. Sink this word deeply into our hearts that it would not merely be information for our heads, but transformation for our lives, that it may change the way that we think, the way that we feel, and the way that we live. In Jesus' name, amen. So I wonder if any of you, um, in, in my household, we opened a lot of Christmas presents on, Thursday, on Friday morning, and a lot of those Christmas presents were books. In my household, we love books for Christmas. Uh, some of, I was going to say some of my children, but really all of my children in particular. And so thinking about books, I wonder if you are reading a book, once you get started reading it, if you like to flip through and read the end before you finish it. Now, this is, I know this is a matter of great controversy. 
And some people think that that's highly inappropriate. But I'm sure that, that many of you do that. You get a few chapters in, you're like, I wonder how this is going to end. My mother-in-law does this. She always reads the end of the book first. Because otherwise, as she says, how do you know whether you want to finish it or not? And, what, and there, there's a lot of truth to that. What we have here in Revelation chapter 12 this morning is a glimpse of the end of the book. It shows us where this is going. It shows us that the message of Christmas, again, on, in the Lessons and Carol service on Thursday, we heard the message of Christmas that God has kept his promises and that the word became flesh and that God understands us. Here, we hear the heavenly message, the message of battle, the message of the fight. The message of Revelation chapter 12 this morning is that Christ has come and Christ has won. It is a declaration of victory for us this morning. It is a declaration of victory that lasts until the end of time. And so because this is the end of the book, this is a picture of the end that Christ has won, it tells us whether our story is worth finishing. And it gives us confidence because we know that Christ has won, we can finish this story. Even when the story is hard, when you know where the book is going, you can follow the characters through their, their ups and their downs. And you're like, how is this going to work? That it is going through such great hardship. We're also, in our family, in addition to reading books, we're in the middle of a Harry Potter marathon. And we are, we're seeing the trials and, and, tr and struggles of Harry and his friends. It looks very dark right now. The Dark Lord is winning. They're not succeeding. But we know where it's going. We know that Harry and his friends are going to win in the end. And so we know this in our lives as well. When we see how dark things are, when we struggle through years like 2020, when we struggle through hardships that aren't related to the greater year at all, hardships within our families, hardships of, of broken relationships, hardships of job loss, hardships of things that just don't go the way that we want them to go, the things that are not the way that they should be. When we struggle with these things, then... We see that, um, that, that we know where the end of the story is, goes. We know that Christ has come and Christ has won. And so we can endure the suffering patiently. And that, that is the, the, you know, even with all the confusing stuff in here, that's the pretty clear message. Christ has come and Christ has won. But as we dig in, as always in the Bible, when we dig in more, we can see even more. And we can see three aspects to how we endure suffering patiently. The first is that we can have confidence in the outcome. We can live in that confidence. The second thing is that we must see evil rightly for how it really is, what's really going on. And the third is that we must take up our place in the battle. So we have confidence in the outcome. We see evil rightly, and we take our place in the battle. So first, we have confidence in the outcome. If we see the sequence of events here, it actually goes very fast. The great sign appeared in heaven, a woman about to give birth. That's going to be Christmas. Uh, the, the Jesus being born, she was to give birth to the male child. And then the dragon, Satan, appears trying to destroy Jesus. And in short order, in verse 6, the woman is caught up to her throne. The woman, or no, 
The child is caught up to God. The woman is protected by God. And there's war in heaven in verse 7. And the dragon is thrown down. He is gone. He is defeated. And then we see in verse 10 the victory chant. Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. Verse 11, they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. It is over. The battle has been won. We can have confidence that that is the outcome. What we experience now, the rest of it. After the victory chant, we get the devil on earth. We get the pursuit of the woman whom he cannot touch, and then he goes off to make war on the offspring. So there is still pain, there is still suffering, there is still hardship, but the, the revelation is clear that the victory is won. And so we can have confidence that if we are with God, we're going to win. We are on the winning team in this battle, whatever we may be suffering right now. And I remember a, a conversation I had a few years ago, actually in a hospital. Um, I went to visit a good friend of mine who was in the hospital. And this, this woman was, uh, she was, she was somewhat of an agnostic, somewhat of a skeptic, but, but open and interested to, to Jesus and to Christianity. And so she was very happy for me to come visit her in the hospital and to pray for her and to read her a psalm and that kind of thing. Um, her, she, was, she was in the hospital because she had cancer. Her husband was not so open, however. Her husband was more of a, a hardened atheist skeptic, rather cynical towards the church and everything in it. And so we're, we're just chatting. I knew her much better than him, and we're just there in the hospital room chatting, and somehow we started talking about football and college football. And I made a comment. Uh, so I don't remember exactly the context of it, but I made a comment that I really like dynasties. You know, some people always say, root for the underdog, but in sports, I kind of, I like to see dynasties. I like to see teams that win over and over again. I, I like to see that. I just, I like dynasties. And this guy makes this crack. He's like, well, I guess you're in the right profession then. And I'm like, at first I was a little offended. Like, uh, you know, it's kind of, it, it was coming from this place of like the oppressive church that, that is just overpowering people and that kind of thing. I'm like, no, the church is, I may like football dynasties, but the church is on the side of the downtrodden and the oppressed. Like, we're for the little guys. I, we didn't get into it there, but I was thinking about it. But as I reflected on it more, while that is true of the church on earth, that the church is on the side of the downtrodden, the church is on the side of the oppressed, the church is on the side of the little guy, in the heavenly realm, the church is a dynasty, and we are on the winning team. In the fight with Satan, it is over. And we are part of the team that has won and cannot be stopped. And so to have confidence in that outcome is the great encouragement as we go through the struggles of life. If you're behind a little bit in the third quarter, it's okay because you know you're going to win. If things are going badly, you know that Jesus has won and we are on his team. So it is an amazing thing to be part of that dynasty. So what does it look like to let that knowledge help us embrace suffering with patience and with hope? We have to ground ourselves in those promises. We have to remind ourselves that Christ really has won. We do this by digging in to the scriptures, by having habits 
of reading the Bible, of reminding ourselves of God's presence and promises. We do this by having habits of prayer, of, of repeating to ourselves what God, and repeating back to God his promises, of claiming those promises for ourselves. God, you've promised to take care of your people. I need you to provide for me now. God, you've promised that you will honor those who obey you. I need to see the fruit of obedience in my life. I need your healing in my life. You've promised to heal those who ask. You've promised to save those in need, to rest in those promises, to develop those habits. Those can be things we do individually in a habit of daily devotions. The beginning of a new year is a time you might consider starting a new a, a Bible reading plan. There's a lot of great Bible reading plans out there. I'd be happy to share with you more about what, what you could embark on to read and reassure yourself of God's promises. It might be something that you want to commit to doing something in community, to participating in one of our neighborhood Bible studies. Our Monday night Bible study, and it's usually in our house in Red Mill Farms, is strictly online right now. And so anybody can join in. And starting uh, next week, we're going to be starting in Psalms. We'll be going through different Psalms each week, which means you can join in. It's not something if you miss a week that you're missing out. You can join in any week. And as you learn the Psalms better, you can come back to them. You can pray them. You can make them your own. They teach us how to think and how to feel and how to rest in God's promises. So as we have confidence in the outcome, we must have confidence in the outcome. We must also see evil rightly. What is going on with the evil in the world? We see here in Revelation chapter 12 that the evil in the world is Satan thrashing about. It is the defeated dragon who has been thrown down to earth. It is, it is the, the last throes of a loser. That is what evil is. It does not, how knowing that evil has been defeated once and for all, however, does not mean that it's not painful in the moment. But it does put it in the proper perspective. Why is Satan lashing out? Why is there evil going on in the world? We see it in verse 17. The dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring. So who are these people? The dragon is Satan, who has been thrown down from heaven in the cosmic fight with Michael and the angels. The woman who has given birth to the, the, the Christ child, the woman here, we see her back in verse, uh, in verse 1, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. The crown of 12 stars. 12 is the people of God. The 12 tribes of Israel. The 12 apostles of Jesus. 12 is always a sign in the Bible for the people of God. So the woman here, the woman is the church as a whole. God's people. And the church is untouchable. Satan cannot overcome the church. But he went off to make war on the rest of her offspring. The members of the church. God's people individually. Satan cannot conquer the angels. He cannot defeat God. He cannot even defeat the church. But he will make war on anybody he can. And so the evil we see in the world is Satan making war on each other one of us, on the offspring of God, the offspring of Jesus, the members of the ch church. And it is painful. It is hard. But we know, we have confidence 
that it is simply the last throws thrashing about. If I switch movies from Harry Potter to Lord of the Rings, if you've seen Lord of the Rings, when the Fellowship of the Ring, the good guys are going through Moria and they face at the end of the, the, the cave of Moria that they're passing through, they run into the great fiery Balrog, the great evil creature, and they have to flee from him. And as they flee across the final narrow bridge, the wizard Gandalf turns back and he, see, he faces up against the fiery Balrog and he declares, you shall not pass. And he breaks the bridge and the Balrog, the evil creature, falls into the depths. He is defeated. But as he falls into the depths and is defeated, he flings up his whip one last time and the tail of the whip curl around curls around the knees of the wizard Gandalf. And as the Balrog falls, he drags Gandalf into the pit with him. And that is what Satan is doing. He has been defeated. He has fallen. But he still thrashes about. And that thrashing about is painful and inflicts damage on us. So it does not make life easy, but it does give us perspective to see this evil rightly. And it helps us to bear up through the suffering so that as we rightly call out for God to end our suffering, Jesus, will you come again? Will you bring the suffering to, the, to an end? We can also look with confidence for what God is doing in the midst of it, how he is protecting us, how he is watching over us, because we know that evil has been defeated and it is simply thrashing about. And we can see that. We can have confidence in the ultimate future when we can see evil rightly thrashing about and then we can take our place in battle. And we see this. There's a, there's a curious thing here in verse 11. In verse 10, we see the, uh, where verses 9 and 10, we see the, the defeat of, with the angels. And then in verse 10, we see the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down. Verse 11, and they, so they must be the brothers the followers of Jesus, the Christians, they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. Now, Revelation doesn't give us the details on exactly how this all works. It talks about the angels fighting Satan, and then it switches to say they, the brothers, have conquered him. They have defeated him. So whatever exactly that works between us fighting and the angels fighting, there is a connection there. And it calls us to take our place in the battle. We see this also in verse 17 when he's coming, when the dragon is coming to make war on the offspring. That's, that's us again. We find ourselves here in the, in the story. We find ourselves taking our place in the battle. How do we do that? How do we fight in this battle? It's a spiritual battle. We fight with spiritual weapons. What do we see? We see in verse 11, they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. Being self-sacrificial, not clinging too closely to the things of this life. And then in verse 17, we see more weapons. Those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. So as we see that the end is secure, but evil is thrashing about, we take our place in the battle and we fight with these spiritual weapons. The weapons of doing good, 
of loving others, of giving up, of sacrificing. These are our weapons against evil. They're not the weapons of political power or of intrigue and figuring things out and cleverness. They're the weapons of faithfulness to God, obedient service and sacrifice, and above all, by the blood of the Lamb. They have conquered Satan by the blood of the Lamb. Our Jesus, who died for our sins, we conquer Satan by putting our faith in Jesus, by putting our faith in His work on our behalf. And so that is the call this morning to take up our place in the battle, to see the Christmas story that Christ has come and Christ has won. If you are a Christian, if you put your faith in Jesus, it's a call to spiritual arms, to devote yourself to the reminding of God's promises, to the remembering of them, to the proper perspective on evil, to the obedience of keeping his commandments and sacrificing for others. If you're not a Christian, it's an invitation to join the fight, to join the winning team. Unfortunately, I can't tell you it's all going to be easy. It's going to be hard, as you've heard. It's going to be scary. But the invitation is to come through the blood of the Lamb. Whatever you have done, wherever you have gone, no matter how far you have walked away from Jesus, no matter what you have said against Him, the blood of the Lamb is forgiveness for your sins. It is healing for your wounds. It is strength for your life. So I invite you to join in, to put your faith in Him, and to join His winning team to carry through to the end. So knowing the end gives us the strength to finish the book. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank You for this day. We thank You for Your Word. We pray that You would sink this Word deep into our hearts that it may change the way that we think, the way that we feel, the way we live, that we may have confidence in your victory, that we may join the fight against Satan as he thrashes about. Would you carry us through to the end? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Resurrection Community Church. To learn more about our church and how you can connect with God and others, please visit resurrectionvb.org.